Well, greetings, everybody. Welcome once again to the Rec Poker Podcast, officially sponsored by Running Aces Casino and Racetrack. I'm your host, Steve Fredland. Last week was part one of this series on rebuilding my whole poker strategy from the ground up, starting with stage one. We're going to be spending a lot of weeks on this building. But the first question last week was, what's the overall style or strategy that I should be adopting? And my major insight out of that was that I had been thinking about GTO and exploitive as two, I guess, uniquely different strategies. And what I took away from the conversation is that what I should be thinking about is learning to play a GTO strategy as my default plus exploitive opportunities. So having the grounding in GTO and then looking for those exploitive opportunities versus saying I'm a GTO player or an exploitive player. So when I think about this, I think about the times I categorize people as either passive or aggressive or tight or loose. And when I think back on that, I think about, well, compared to what? Compared to each other, some people were more passive or aggressive. And compared to each other, some people were more tight or loose. But I really didn't think of that as compared to a standard. And now I think about that as let's look at GTO as the standard. And then I can look at are people more passive or more aggressive? Are they tighter? Are they looser? So starting with GTO, uh, which is really, I I guess, basically the way I think about this is a Nash equilibrium, which is if I play perfectly, then somebody else plays perfectly. Uh, There's really no edge there at all. We're all playing perfectly, meaning there's no place to exploit each other. But in reality, people are making mistakes all the time. So figure out who's not playing game theory optimal. How are they straying from GTO? And then develop counter strategies to exploit them. So that's my overall approach going forward is I'm, I plan on being a GTO plus exploitive player. And so today we shift gears. And the question that I asked, again, another just foundational question as we start building up the strategy was how many big blinds should I consider as deep stack? And in the conversation that I um, had with these folks and the question that I submitted, I phrased it in the form of How many blinds um, do I need to have to be comfortable? Uh, Meaning, um, uh, how many blinds do I need to have so that all of my options are open to me? And you'll hear in some of the conversation that I think people misunderstood my question a bit when I said, how many big blinds do I need to be comfortable? They interpreted that as being actually physically comfortable or mentally comfortable playing. So they're saying, well, you should always be comfortable. Uh, The point of the question was really, Uh, How many big blinds do I need to have before um, or, you know, until I start to have to alter my GTO strategy because the size of my stack is dictating that? So that's the question today. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring in all that information that I collected, all the input. I'll share all of that with you guys, and then I will synthesize it and come back at the end and say, well, here is my key takeaway in terms of how many big blinds would I consider deep stack, meaning... As I approach the tournament, as long as I have this many big blinds, I feel like I can play my normal GTO game. So you're going to hear from uh, a number of contributing professional players. Mike Schneider from the Poker is Fun Tour. Jonathan Little from PokerCoaching.com. Hunter Sitchi from Check Shove Poker. Kenna James from KennaJames.com. Chris Fox Wallace from iNinja Poker Tour and Next Level Poker. And Jordan Young also uh, chimed in a little bit. He's with the Solve for Why Academy. And you're also going to get input from a ton of recreational players, uh, some of them contributing by audio, some email, some Facebook, some Twitter, 
and uh, all of that. So uh, one other really quick announcement, and this is something I'm just forming based on some input from some of you, is that I am, am launching, and by the time you hear this, I may have already launched a Patreon site. And this is a place where you can go out and you can support the podcast. Uh, I'll set up different tiers, but you can support it for as little as $1 a month. And what this does is this helps me uh, cover some of the costs associated with this. Uh, also allows you to show some gratitude for the free content that I'm giving you. But but the bigger thing is I'm trying to look at growing the podcast, growing the brand, uh, growing the impact of Rec Poker. Uh, maybe doing some additional things like more interviews, more in-depth, uh, maybe even videos, some events, some study groups, uh, some chances for you to learn directly from the pros. And so I want to expand this brand. And so what I'm doing is looking to you to uh, support uh, what we're doing here. And uh, obviously the more income that's raised, the more time uh, that'll be available, the more resources that are available to do those things. So uh, I'm going to keep providing the great, hopefully great, <laughs> weekly content. Uh, nothing's going to change there, but this does give you an opportunity to do that. So uh, I'll set it up as on Patreon under Rec Poker, so you can look there. Uh, and in the coming weeks, I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that. And so the final thing I want to do is just a quick shout out again to Running Aces, who's our official sponsor. Uh, just great staff, great fun. Uh, go check them out, runaces.com. Always some cool stuff going on. Uh, and so if you have any questions about that, uh, reach out to me. I play there quite a bit and just love it there. So uh, great folks there. So as I mentioned, this week's question is really, what's the number of big blinds that I should consider as a comfortable stack size? And uh, the first piece of input that I want to share is uh, from Twitter. I actually did a uh, Twitter poll, um, and I asked the question, what is the number of big blinds that I should consider as a comfortable stack size, allowing me to play my standard approach with all options available? And we had 69 votes out there, and 46% of the folks said 40 to 59, 33% said 60 to 79, 9%, 80 to 99, and 12% said 100 bigs or more. So uh, according to the poll, um, almost half said between 40 and 60 bigs, and about 80% said between 60, uh, between, about 80% total said between 40 and 80 bigs. So that's the magnitude of, of the range from Twitter. Um, let's hear from, uh, let's, let's take the chance now to hear from uh, professional player Mike Schneider from the Poker is Fun Tour. Hi, this is a Minnesota Poker Hall of Famer, Mike Schneider, also the founder of the Poker is Fun Tour. Today I will be uh, talking about comfortable uh, stack sizes, which uh, I guess I'm going to look at this in one main way. When you say all options available to me, I feel like that kind of occurs around like 50 or 60 big blinds. So by all options, that means... Uh, being able to raise pre-flop, make a decent-sized bet on the flop, decent-sized bet on the turn, decent-sized bet on the river. That, that's about like 50, 60 big blinds or so. As well as that that that, that, that blinds amount, like you can open a 2.5, somebody can make it 7.5. You could uh, then 4-bet bluff to like 17 or so and fold to a 5-bet all-in. Like that's... I think that's what you mean by like all options available to me. Although I would, I would say I mean any stack size should be comfortable for you. I mean whether you have ten big blinds or two hundred big blinds, uh, and you, your your goal is to be sitting at the table and feel like I'm comfortable with being able to use what I have in the best way possible. 
I mean, uh, yeah, I guess beyond that, I mean, uh, you still want to just be studying and looking at all the different ways that you can maneuver a 15 big blind stack, whether, I mean, some tables, if it's playing really tough and aggressively, maybe your only move is open raising all in and you aren't going to, you aren't going to bother min raising to like two, two X with nine, eight suited because six guys at the table are three betting are capable of three betting really light or putting you all in or making a decision where you adjust there versus like a table that has lots of guys that are either super super passive and fold a ton of hands or they cold call like you you might open raise 2x with like 10-9 suited because you know that nobody's gonna three bet you and punish you so like yeah, I mean any stack's comfortable as long as you're able to analyze players around you and make sound decisions about how to best proceed with the amount of chips that you have yeah to answer the question though I mean 50 or 60 bit blinds is about the spot where quote unquote all the options are available to you yeah, until next time, uh, you can find uh, the Poker is Fun Tour on the internet at piftpoker.com, as well at Twitter, uh, piftpoker, and you can find me on Twitter at schneidspoker. It's S-C-H-N-E-I-D-S poker. So until next time, uh, thanks and good luck at the tables. All right, as always, thank you, Mike Schneider. Appreciate that. Here's an email that I got from Hunter Sitchi uh, with Check Shove Poker. He says the comfortable stack size is determined by the stack-to-pot ratio and whether or not it will allow you to bet three times in order to fully utilize your post-flop skill edge and positional advantage. To elaborate, I'll give three common pre-flop examples with a blind structure of 100-200 with 25 ante at an eight-handed table. In example one, this is a single raised pot where it heads up. He says if you open to 500 on the button and the big blind called, the pot will be 1300. You would need 25 big blinds or 5000 starting chips to bet half pot on the flop, turn, and river. In example 2, this is a single raised pot three ways. If you open to 500 on the button and both blinds called, the pot would be 1700. If you see bet half pot and only the big blind called, you would need 32 big blinds or 6,400 starting chips to bet half pot three times. And in example three, this is a three bet pot, heads up. If the cutoff opened to 500, you three bet on the button to 1250, and only the cutoff called, the pot would be 3,000. If you C bet a third of the pot and the cutoff called, you would need 50 big blinds or 10,000 starting chips to bet half pot on the turn and the river. Thus, your post-flop skill edge starts to manifest itself around the 25 big blind stack depth, and it quickly increases in value until you have about 50 big blinds. At that point, more chips will still increase your post-flop skill edge and positional advantage, just not nearly as much. The difference between 25 big blinds and 50 big blinds is much larger than the difference between 50 big blinds and 100 big blinds. If you value my advice and you're interested in my poker coaching resources, you can learn more at checkshovepoker.com. All right, thanks, Hunter. Now let's hear from Jonathan Little. Hello, everyone. This is Jonathan Little, and today's question is an interesting one because it doesn't really compute in my brain. <laughs> um, essentially, you're saying, what is the number of big blinds that you need in your stack to consider yourself to have a comfortable stack that allows you to have many deep stacked options. And 
first things first, I really am not so concerned with comfort. I think a lot of people try to be comfortable. They go out of their way to make their life as cushy as they possibly can and as easy as they possibly can. But I, I go out of my way to make life difficult and strenuous so that whenever I am put in a difficult situation, it's not a problem. It's just normal. I mean, uh, an easy way to do this is to just take a freezing cold shower every morning as soon as you get out of bed. It's not fun. It doesn't feel good. But it teaches you discipline and also lets you know that, you know, you, you show up, you wake up in the morning, you do something kind of difficult that is good for your metabolism. You've, you've done something good and productive. And you've already kind of, um, it feels like you shot yourself in, your, in the foot right off the bat and that, you know, you've already done something tough and you can take many more tough things that come your way. So I, I always try to do things that make it a little bit tough from time to time. I think it builds character. Anyway, I suggest you learn how to play all stack sizes. I, I don't think that you need to just develop some generic deep stacked strategy and then try to implement it across the board because poker and No Limit Hold'em are, are different games based on your stack size. You have to understand a 15 big blind poker game plays differently than a 20 big blind poker game, which plays differently than a 25 big blind poker game, and a 30 big blind poker game, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all the way up. Now, as stacks get deeper and deeper, these strategies do start to consolidate. But even then, once you go from like 120 big blinds to let's say 300 big blinds, the, the game starts to change again. So I, I, don't, I don't really like this question. I would instead just suggest you study how to play all stack sizes. And this goes back to my answer last time where it just comes back to developing a fundamentally sound strategy based on game theory. Um, do not think that I'm going to come up with one strategy that's going to work for 50 big blinds to 200 big blinds and just let it rip and hope for the best. You instead need to always ask, why am I doing what am I doing and why am I doing what I'm doing or considering doing in this specific spot and then act accordingly. All right. Thank you, Jonathan. Appreciate that. A couple of other things that were written in uh, Jordan Young, uh, the Solve for Why Academy, simply said on Twitter, when you are above average. And on Facebook, Chris Fox Wallace said, like so many poker questions, it depends. So many other factors are in play. Sometimes I will make a play with 200 big blinds that I wouldn't make with 100 big blinds. If I had to generalize, I would say that the 3-bet fold barrier at 30 big blinds is the first point in a tournament where stack is affecting your play every hand. All right, thanks, Jordan. Thanks, Fox. Now let's hear from Kenna James. Hi, Steve. Kenna James here with Kenna James Poker and Life Coaching for a better balanced game and a more fulfilling experience, both on and off the felt. You know, I think it's really, forgive me, but I think it's the wrong question. It, it's not how many uh, um, blinds you have as in how much in relationship to your table and the tournament that you should be asking. I like to coach people into finding what I call their release point because that's their comfortability zone. For me, a release point is much bigger than most people because I don't like to go out of tournaments. And whenever I found I go out of tournaments because somebody had more chips. So I like to find my release point at double uh, the average stack at my table or the tournament. That way I'm not in jeopardy of going broke. I can be free to do whatever I want and I'm not there sitting, sweating out and stressing about whether my kings or queens are going to get cracked. So I get right to work at the beginning of a tournament trying to find that release point. And whether I, ha I need to do that 
whatever strategy, I'm going to do that um, and get to that point as soon as possible. So my advice might be different than a lot of other pros. I don't look to number of big blinds. I look to how much I have in relationship to the people at my table and the others in the tournament. I hope these answers have been helpful in you building your strategy and for your listeners there at home listening to improve their own game. I have great respect for students of the game and those studying to learn and improve and raise the level of their game. Enjoy the journey. All right, good stuff as always. Ken and now let's shift our gears and get some feedback from some of the recreational players that provided input. On Facebook, Tristan Zeman said 50 bigs. However, I like the concept of M versus big blinds where one M is one orbit and over 20 M's is the luxury zone. And Alberto Briones Maraz says, in a daily tournament with a 10K starting stack, I always feel confident even if I lose half my stack in the first few levels. Later in the tournament, I generally use chip average to assess my comfort, but as long as I can double the chip average, I feel I'm good. Alberto, I know, uh, I know Alberto has no problem playing short stack. So with that, let's uh, hear some audio from Steve Barton, uh, who hosts the Heads Up Poker Podcast. Hello, this is Steve Barton from the Heads Up Poker Podcast. We're in week two with the second question. I think most people are pretty uh, comfortable playing, uh, on average, I would say somewhere between 40 and 100 big blinds. If you get over 100 big blinds, then it kind of becomes, well, is it profitable for me here to raise um, uh, six, seven of diamonds from middle position? Maybe. It, it probably uh, is going to largely be dictated by the table that you're at. Hope you enjoyed that. This has been Steve Barton with the Heads Up Poker podcast. If you would like to hear more, you can go to headsuppoker.poker. Listen to us there or iTunes, Stitcher. We're on all the outlets. Thank you for tuning in and have a great rest of the day. All right. Thanks, Steve. I appreciate that. Uh, next up, let's hear what uh, Dave Margulis had to say on Facebook. Now, Dave, I think it was focusing a little bit more on the smaller stack. Uh, the intent of the question was on the bigger stack, but I think there's some good stuff in here too, so I do want to go through what Dave was talking about. He said, like most things poker, this question has many answers. I usually start altering my strategy at five to six big blinds if I think there's a chance of surviving with a short stack. Many people subscribe to the 10 to 12 big blind range to think about jamming with ASAX or any pair, but I've been able to start many a fire with very little chips. Everybody is different, so much depends on what you think of your opponents and what your opponents think of you, if anything. If you aren't altering your strategy as the tournament moves along, then you're a sitting duck. Okay, so Dave, Dave had more to say about that, so I'd welcome you to go to the Facebook group, the Rec Poker group, and you can check out more of the dialogue between uh, Dave and I. I think there's some, some good things out there uh, as well. And also out in the Facebook discussion, Chris Hall chimed in. He said, 40 bigs is my comfort zone to start using my powers. Uh, 12 to 10 big blinds or less is, is push fold only. Uh, he said that uh, he gave credit to Tristan Zeman for helping him understand that as well. Okay, so let's hear some quick audio uh, submitted by Jerry Kniff. Greetings, rec poker players. This is Jerry Kniff contributing to the podcast. The number of big blinds that I consider myself as a comfortable stack size allowing me to play a deep stack approach is 70 to 100 big blinds. Okay, thanks for that, Jerry. appreciate that. Now back to the Facebook group and the chat that was going on there. Chad McVean, he said uh, 40 plus big blinds and then start altering around 25. 
And Scotty Kunkel says, I've defaulted to Jonathan Little's minimum of 20x effective behind when I open raise with a speculative hand and get 3-bet. For example, if I open raise 3 hearts, 4 hearts to 2.5 big blinds and I get 3-bet to 7.5 big blinds, I would minimally like 100 big blinds behind to call and continue. If I marginally break this rule, I would prefer to have no flatters between us that like to trap or squeeze, the three better to be tight and straightforward, or the three better to be in the blinds. When calling a raise with a speculative hand like this, I would like everyone involved to have a minimum of 50 big blinds effective. If I marginally break this rule, I would prefer to have position on the original raiser throughout the hand, tight, straightforward opener, or tight and passive players in the big blinds, or bad players, whatever style, already in the pot. With my small, medium pocket pairs, I would need about half the effective stack size as listed above, so 10x effective behind for at least me and the razor. So I guess the answer would be around 100 big blinds for the full tool belt to be calling 3-bets with speculative hands. I'm still defining if, when, why I would break this rule as I keep filling in the blanks. All right, thanks, Chad. Thanks, Scotty, for that. Uh, let's hear some quick audio from Rob Washam. This is Rob Washam for the Rec Poker Podcast. Anything 50 to 100 big blinds, I would consider comfortable. Anything over 100 big blinds is typically a monster stack, especially in the middle levels of the tournament. All right, Rob, thanks as always for that. There's an email I got from Carl Malore. He says, hi, Steve, don't think of it this way. There's a massive difference between having a 100 big blind stack at big blinds of 50 than having a 100 big blind stack at big blind of 5,000. With the former, yes, we are relatively deep, but so too are almost everybody else. With the latter, we are going to be deep for sure. We're going to be able, mostly through position, but also with a decent mixture of good starting hands and some good bluffing hands, to be able to apply pressure to stacks, especially those in the 20 to 35 big blind range. We're going to be hoovering up so much dead money either pre-flop or when bad villains check fold to us. Before doing so, it is vitally important that we should have totally familiarized ourselves with correct push-fold ranges. This is something that we can only really do off the felt, but again, I cannot stress its importance enough. That is, there's very little point in us opening hands like 10-jack suited, king-jack offsuit, a6 offsuit from mid-position if there are stacks around 10 to 18 big blinds behind us that are likely to push. When the big blind is more than 5k and we are 100 uh, uh, big blinds deep. Yes, we could already determine beforehand to bet fold to any aggressive player behind us, but when a 3-bet jam could be highly likely, then it's much better to just fold pre-flop. On the other hand, when our range is pocket 10 through ace-queen or, or higher, then we're very happy to open and call any short stack aggressive play. This is just a very quick reply, but the motto is, know your push and fold ranges. Cheers, Carl. All right, thanks, Carl, so much. Let's hear some audio from John Somsky. Under the gun strategy, John Somsky. As far as a comfortable stack, I would say a comfortable stack that allows you to do any uh, of the options available to you is anywhere from 30 to 50 big blinds. Once you start getting below 30 big blinds, I think you really need to start tightening up a little bit. You still have options available to you. You can still raise and fold, but you need to be more selective with that because that does a larger damage to your stack and your relative position in the game. 
All right. Thanks, John. Uh, on f- the Facebook uh, group, Joshua Isaacson says, I guess my three bet turns into a shove around 25 big blinds, and I've stopped playing many suited connectors by 40 big blinds, even sooner if the opening raise is trending on the big side. That's just preflop. I change my river plays as I get shorter too, but that's because my stack to pot ratio is much closer to one to one. So I'm shipping the river with much lighter holdings and not really bluffing or raise folding versus what I assume to be marginal hands. All right, thanks Joshua for that. Uh, also, Brian Berthume on Twitter simply said, don't ever get comfy, comfortable. <laughs> uh, an email from Mike Inglehop says, I'd say somewhere around 100 big blinds as the minimum, no maximum. I don't know why there would be a maximum. However, this can all depend on stage of tournament and table dynamics. For example, if you get heads up with a player who has a stack one-third of your stack size, then you aren't playing deep stack strategy anymore. Uh, Good stuff, Mike. All right, let's hear a little audio from Derek Smith and Matt Hamilton. Hey, Rack Poker Podcast listeners. This is Derek Smith with feedback on the rebuilding of Steve Fredlin, the poker player. I found it's about 100 big blinds is where you could really be comfortable. I ran a simulation where if we were at 5,100, and middle position opens to 250, and we're the button, and we three bet to 700, and both blinds fold, and the middle position calls. Assuming that we then follow with a continuation bet on the flop of about two-thirds pot, what happens from there? And I did that with 40 bigs, 60 bigs, and 80 bigs, and 100 bigs. And what you end up finding is at 40 bigs, you have to jam the turn. It ends up being about a, a two-thirds jam at the end, but on the turn, not the river, so certainly not of utility there. Uh, at 60 big blinds, you do get to end up jamming the river, but your SPR sets you up to only have a third pot jam on the end, so you're probably getting called by everything, so you certainly want to have it when you're going to attempt to play that way with 60 bigs. With 80 bigs, you end up having a pretty solid two-thirds pot jam, and I think that ends up being right at like the lower end threshold of being comfortable, whereas at 100 bigs, you can go any route of a two-thirds continuation bet with a two-thirds bet on the turn and it leaves you a two-thirds pot bet on the river Uh, you could go two-thirds on the flop half on the turn and you have a full pot bet on the river at about 100 big blinds what i'm seeing is you're starting to hit that point where you have utility so i would say 100 big blinds is where i would consider myself comfortable hey this is matt hamilton this is my answer to question two the first thing i'm going to say in answer to this question is to um, not, not look for a certain number of big blinds to feel comfortable with. So what I mean by that is I think at any stack depth, you should be able to have a strategy that you're comfortable using. So whether you're a 10 big blind stack or a 100 big blind stack, you should feel comfortable knowing your approach and how you're going to uh, make decisions. So that's the first thing I want to say and answer that question. Um, but my second thing is the the smaller the buy-in tournament, the quicker the structure is going to escalate, the shorter stack you'll get, um, and the more important it is to know how to deal with short stacks. So I would say like 12 big blinds or less, what your shoving ranges are, if you're going to have like an open fold strategy with like a 12 big blind stack, or if you're just going to shove everything, um, those are important considerations to make. But I would say like to be able to play deep stacks, 
in small tournaments, I would say like 30 big blinds or more uh, is fairly deep. Uh, the bigger buy-in you get, the the more deeper the average stack is going to be, maybe 50, 50 big blinds or more. Uh, you can kind of consider yourself deep stack. But I, I would say in general, just, just have a comfortable mindset regardless of your stack size. But yeah, smaller buy-in tournaments with, with quicker structures, I would say 30 big blinds. Bigger, bigger buy-in tournaments with a little bit deeper structures, 40 to 50 big blinds, I think you can consider yourself fairly deep and, and be able to maneuver post-flop in, in different ways. All right. Thank you, Derek. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate that very much. I was also looking at my Harrington on Modern Tournament Poker book and uh, kind of see what Dan Harrington said. And he uh, suggested deep stack is really when M equals 40 which is equivalent to about 60 big blinds when there's no antis and about 100 big blinds when there are antis. So that is it uh, for all of the feedback from today. Now the question is, what do I do with all of this, with all of this feedback, with all of these opinions? So after hearing everything, I guess the way that I'm going to look at this is considering my deep stack or my comfortable stack or my healthy stack or whatever you want to call it, the stack that allows me to um, have the uh, almost everything available at my fingertips, uh, I'm going to consider it 50 big blinds. And the reason I got there is using some of the, the approach that some of the folks mentioned using that same idea. So if I have 50 big blinds, that allows me to three bet pre-flop. Um, and so uh, get it down to one opponent, and then I can continuation bet 40% of the pot, which is more of my standard continuation betting size right now. I tend to be on the smaller side. But I can see bet 40% of the pot on the flop and the turn and the river, uh, which will get it in on the river. So uh, if I assume that the opener was a 2.5x and I 3-bet to 7x, then without antis in the pot, uh, it'll be around 15 bigs. With antis, around 17 bigs or whatever, somewhere kind of in that range, so around 16 bigs collectively. Um, and then I could bet... Uh, a total of six and a half bigs, 13 and a half bigs, 22 and a half bigs on the flop turn and river. That's 40% of the pot on each street gets me to 50 big blinds. So there's other tiers that I would consider as we go forward. But for now, I'm going to consider 50 big blinds as my healthy, comfortable deep stack for the purposes of determining my pre-flop GTO ranges. And so now through the first two weeks, I have two cumulative learnings first. My default strategy should be GTO mixed with recognizing where opponents are playing suboptimally and developing counter strategies to exploit them. And secondly, that deep stack is considered 50 big blinds or more for the purposes of determining preflop GTO ranges. And now next week, I'm going to have probably two questions. First, do we have initial hand ranges for every position on the table or do we group them together? In other words, uh, should I have a hand range for when I'm under the gun, under the gun plus one, under the gun plus two, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Or do I say, well, I've got a hand range for early, middle, late, and the blinds. How should I approach that? That's the question I'm posing. Plus also, we'll probably tackle how often should we be opening under the gun? What's the frequency of hands that I should be opening under the gun if I'm playing GTO with at least 50 big blinds? So that's what we're going to cover uh, next week. If you have input on that, Feel free to throw something on Facebook or Twitter, and I'll try to incorporate that as I have time. But that is it for today. Uh, thanks to Running Aces. Great staff, great tournaments. Appreciate all you guys do in supporting us. Thanks to the Rex and the pros uh, who gave input and feedback. 
I want to please invite you to like us, comment, rate, review, subscribe, tell other people. That all helps a ton. Check out the Patreon.com site for Rec Poker. If you can, support what I'm doing. I'm hoping to expand this even further and would love to have the support and the time and the resources to be able to do that. If you want a patch, if you'll wear them, just let me know. I'll send it to you. We also have hats, shirts, sweatshirts available at floptheworld.com slash recpoker. And if you have any other feedback, any topic suggestions, hand situations, shoot me a note on Facebook, Twitter, or email stevefredland at gmail.com. Thanks for hanging in there, and we will chat with you next week. Good luck on and off the felt. <laughs>